Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Y'all good? Awesome. Hey, we're going to worship for a little bit at the end today, one or two songs. So I don't, I'm, I'm wanting to do my best to give you what I feel like the Lord has to say. And then I want us to just spend some more time just before the Lord saying, Lord, do that in us. All right. Um, before I do get into the word, I need to tell you a story, something that happened to me this week. If you've been around me, you've heard this, but I just, it was um, you know, sometimes you have these moments in life that you just feel like, man, what just happened? I felt like I was living in a movie right there. And, um, and we had one of those moments this week. And I don't know if I've laughed as hard as I had in this, in this moment as, uh, in, in a while. We, it's like we needed a good laugh. I feel like the Lord was like, they need to laugh. And so um, the reason we were laughing was um, Tuesday we... We, we've just been, our lives have been a little like wild with like sports and different like events and things. And so we were like, we need to get away for a day. And so Tuesday we went to Dolphin Island, me and Austin, just us, no kids. It was awesome. Uh, love our kids. Just sometimes, you know, if you're a parent, sometimes you just need. And so we went to get one of those breather moments. And, um, and so we get to Dolphin Island and um, around, we, we were so tired. It was like 6 or 6.30. We're like, let's just go and sleep. You know, that's like, that's like what, what we do as parents. You know, when you got young kids, it's like you get some time off. You're like, I'm just going to sleep. That's what I'm going to do. What do you want to do? I want to sleep. But we were a little hungry. And so there was this one restaurant open on the island. And so we go to the restaurant and we wait for our table. And, um, you know, I'm not going to throw anybody. I'm not even going to say the restaurant's name. The little girl at the front wasn't very nice to us at the beginning, and we just kind of felt like we don't feel very welcome here, you know. But, um, but we made it to our table. We got our food, and we're sitting there, and, and as we're about to eat our food, all of a sudden this music starts bumping, and they've really got the bass. Like, it's, it's, it's hitting, you know. And so I look at Austin, I'm like, what is going on here? And uh, we just came to eat, and now there's, like, anyways. And so about a minute into the song, this guy gets on a microphone and he's, welcome to trivia night. <laughs> and I was like, man, we thought we were just getting a meal, but we have stumbled into a gold mine here. <laughs> and so, uh, so we were like, well, we'll have some entertainment. And so we, you know, on the other side of the restaurant, there's these big screens and they had basketball playing. Then all of a sudden trivia night comes up and they have these bigger parties of people, like 10 to 12 people, and you can tell, like, this is serious for them. These are like the locals. They come to do this on Tuesday nights. This is a big deal for them. And so trivia night starts, and, um, but before it had started, the guy came up to us and said, hey, would y'all like to play? And I was like, of course, <laughs> and uh, why not? And, and we were kind of like, you know, we don't know if we'll stay the whole night, but, you know, we'll give it a shot. And so, but we get going and like, we're doing pretty good, you know. <laughs> we're not necessarily, at, you know, there, I think there was like nine teams playing. And, you know, we actually, at the end of the first round, we were like in seventh place. And then each round we kept like moving up. And, uh, and it, we got to the end of the third round and we had finished our food. And 
Um, I told her, he's like, you ready to go? And she's like, let's just stay. I mean, we're, we're already like neck deep, you know, let's just, let's go. And so, uh, yeah. And so I, I, I deep down wanted to stay, but I didn't think she would want to stay. So when she was like, let's go, I was like, all right, let's do this. And so we're, we're just laughing. I have to be honest with you. I was on that night as far as the trivia. I was, I was killing it. Um, there was a couple that Austin was like, I don't think you're right. So we went with her answer, and then my answer was right. And so um, she'll tell you I'm not lying. I'm not just saying. I, I feel like I was tapping into the prophetic gift. And I was like, I don't even know how I know this, but I just, I'm sensing, I'm not lying. Like she even, she was like, Some, what's going on with you? I was like, I, the Lord wants us to have this, baby. And, um, and so... We get to the end of the fourth round, and we were in fifth place. And I was like, well, you know, is what it is. We, we gave it our best shot. And uh, then the guy comes, comes by. He says, hey, don't leave. We've got a bonus round. And I was like, all right. Game's not over yet. And, um, and so they hand us this sheet of paper, and it's got nine inventions on it. And then it's got nine either years or decades that you can, you have to match when you think the invention was invented. And so we start going and there was one thing I couldn't remember. And then at the end I remembered what it was and I was like, oh, and, and so we, we kept on going and we filled it out, handed it to the guy. He puts the answers up and I'm looking at him like, babe, we did pretty good. Like, I think we only missed two out of the nine. And so he, guys back there tallying him up, he, he gets up and he said, well, we've got a team that got seven right, and then the closest anybody else got was like three. And I was like, man, we did pretty good. I was like, that was us. We did that. And, um, and so then he's, he, he comes and he's given the final results and starts with team nine. Eight, seven, I'm just listening for my name. Six, fifth, fourth, third. Third place, he names the people who are the reigning champs. Like, these guys have been doing this a long time. They were like, you know, the people, they, they were who we expected to win. And then so automatically that table thought, well, this other table over here, these guys definitely won. And then in second place, they named them. And I looked at Austin, I was like, babe, we did it. Like, we won. And so at this point, you have to understand kind of the landscape. We are the only people in the restaurant that aren't from here, okay? Everybody else, they came for this. We just stumbled into it. And we were just a team of two. And everybody else was like a bunch of people putting their minds together, except where two or, two or more gathered. Jesus is in the... Um, so we just gathered in the name of Jesus. And and so all of a sudden, he said, first place, Team Vadrine. And the restaurant's like silent. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I just go, we, just, we both at the same time went, woo. And, uh, and so no, nobody came and congratulated us from any other team. But this guy that walked over from the bar came over, and he's like, hey. You know, he was feeling good. And he came, and he was talking to us about just whatever. He's like, hey, don't forget to get your gift certificate at the bar. And, uh, and so we won 25 bucks and we decided not to use it, but to frame it. So, but, um, 
But I'm telling you, we left just laughing, thinking like, what just happened to us? And, um, and so anyways, if, you, if you're interested in trivia night, I can tell you where the restaurant is. If I didn't have football Tuesday night, I was going to take a whole team back with like t-shirts and everything and be like, we're back. But what's awesome is Tuesday night, they do have to put our picture up as the reigning champs. And, um, and so we won't be there. But anyways, so you're welcome. <laughs> Representing from Hammond, Louisiana. Trivia Night Champions. Thank you. Awesome. Well, now we got to get spiritual again. So, I don't, I don't know how to get spiritual after that. Now I'm amped up on Trivia Night. So, and hey, look, last Sunday night we had had a... Um, uh, we called a family meeting, and, and it was more of like, it wasn't like that family meeting where it's like, you tell your kids like, hey, we got to have a family meeting, like, we got to correct some stuff. It wasn't that, it was actually all good stuff. It was like, hey, here's what we feel like the Lord's doing. And I wanted to give you just briefly like a couple of those things that I feel like the Lord's doing. And then today is, uh, I want to share really quick what I feel like the Lord's even saying coming out of this year into the new year. And what I believe as a church our part is and what the Lord's calling us to, all right? So um, a couple of things that, you know, I, my heart has, and I feel like what the Lord, I've always felt like the Lord has called me to specifically is really to birth um, a heart and desire within the church for prayer and worship. And I, I know there are other things, but it is the pursuit of the Lord, saying like, Lord, what is your heart? What do you want? And that's what we're after, right? And, um, and so with that, we really felt like as far as this building and this campus, we wanted this to be a place of prayer. You know, I love when Jesus in the book of Matthew, he goes into the temple where there was all these guys selling, making, you know, selling stuff. There are all these guys trading stuff. And Jesus comes and he flips the tables and he's like, this is not a house of commerce. This is a house of prayer. My father's house, that's what it's supposed to be. And, I, and what he was saying was, this is supposed to be a house of relationship with the father, with him. And so I'm telling you is that I believe that what the Lord's saying over this house, over more specifically the building, is this is a place to meet with the Lord. And so in January, January what we are doing is we are actually... Um, this, this room will become a place of prayer. It will, we will have um, Monday through Friday, uh, twice. We'll have, two, we'll have two time slots, one in the morning, one in the evening, where this room will be available for prayer. And there'll be, um, one of our worship leaders will be leading worship, and one of our prayer team people will be help facilitating it. But what it'll look like is for anyone who wants to, what your schedule allows you to do is to be able to come at any point, even if it's for 15 minutes, and just come and say, Lord, what are you saying? So I can be saying what you're saying. What are you doing? Because I want to do what you're doing. Amen. And it just loving on him, worshiping him. But there's something that happens when we make the presence of God priority. And see, whenever you gave your life to the Lord is you had an open heaven over your life where you had access to the presence of God knowing him. But I believe what we do corporately as believers is we are contending for an open heaven over our region, over Hammond, Ponchatoula, and all the surrounding areas where we're saying, Lord, we want your presence to be known in this place. And so what I'm inviting you into is to be a part of that. 
is to say, hey, listen, I want to commit to coming to certain times during the week to come and be a person of prayer, a person of presence. And I know you can do that at home, but there's something about when we come corporately and say, hey, we are making a point to come and meet with the Lord. Amen. So um, we'll have more details as far as times. There, there will be one opportunity on Saturdays. And um, our, what our Wednesday nights look like right now, that will continue to look like that, where um, it'll feel a little bit more like a service. But, um, you know, I, let me say this. Wednesday nights, there's generally anywhere from 80 to 100 people that gather here for just one thing. It's just to seek the Lord, to be with him. And it's beautiful. And uh, I'm telling you, you don't, um, you know, in, in today's world with craziness, you don't find it, a lot of people that just gather for prayer. And you are a church that said, are committed to the presence of the Lord. And so I'm so proud to be a part of a church that says, Lord, we've made you the priority. Like we really in our hearts have committed to you to honor you. And so we're just going to continue to do that. And, um, and I, feel, I believe that it's what we're called to as a community. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring you guys into that we shared with um, everyone Sunday night is that uh, really let me, let me give a testimony first and then let me bring you into something. Um, we planted this church at the beginning of 2020, January 2020, and uh, we were probably a launch team of about 60 people. Um, opening Sunday... Uh, there's probably about 300 people here, and, um, and it was amazing. And we, but we, as far as the church financially, we stepped into a big building note as well. And so it was completely faith. It was like, Lord, like you said to do this. You said it was your thing. And, uh, and we have never missed a payment. We've actually expanded our staff. It's been amazing, and it speaks to a people that are generous and give unto the Lord. And so um, also to be a part of a family that is like that is like what an honor, right? And, uh, and so to just say as a church family, it's like, man, look what the, this is the Lord's thing. This is what he's doing. And um, we have uh, in our, well, and then what happened was, I got our nephew here and he's like, see, you see what happened was, um, I, that was playing in my mind when I was saying that. What happened was, is uh, COVID hits in what, like March or April of 2020, and it's like it, there was one point where we're like, man, we have been shut down longer than we have been open, and I'm like, this is crazy, even though we were like rolling with online deals, and even through that, it was like the Lord provided and cared, and it was like, okay, um, but, but then I was like, Lord, I'm so ready to gather again and t- see people. I want to shake somebody's hand, you know, and, um, and we've been able to meet, and it's been awesome, and the Lord's done great things. And, um, and in that, we've never had to ask the, the church for any type of special offering or anything. And even to this day, we just are, there's the, like every need is met and it's been awesome. And what a great facility for us to be able to come and worship together, right? And, um, and so I do, though, I do want to um, invite you into this, is that um, as we have... Uh, really worked on this church's property and done different things is there are a few things around the property that we want to take care of. There's a parking lot over here we want to put bumpers in. There's some drainage things that we want to do. And um, with a growing staff is we want to be able to bless our staff that works so hard to be able to just prepare for everything we do. We want to bless them for Christmas. And so um, what I'm asking you guys to do is to take 
couple of weeks to really just pray and say, Lord, how could we be a part of um, being a part of the family to take care of the house and that those who are taking care of the house physically. And so if you would, you and your families just pray and say, hey, is there something special that I can give in this season as we're looking to take care of a couple of things and to really bless our staff? Amen. So um, if you uh, if you say, OK, uh, I feel like the Lord's put something in my heart. If you would like if you're giving online, there's actually a special um, draw a designated box that you can mark that says heart for the house. And uh, if you could click that just so we can know, hey, that money is going specifically to either those projects or to the staff as far as Christmas bonuses and whatnot. Or if you're giving cash or check in an envelope, just write that heart for the house. So wanted to bring you guys into that. We love you so much. Amen. All right. Now I can get to the message. And so, man, we're going to have to have like a trivia night here at the church, you know. So... <laughs> Travis, come on, come on. I'm, and I, I'll, I will have a team, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vet some people and say, okay, what do you know? And um, I don't know if it's going to be Bible trivia or not, but it's, I'm just going to take all the different things from messages that I've preached over the last six months, see if you guys have been paying attention. And... Um, So let me pray. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for joy in your house. Thank you for peace in your house. Thank you to be, we're able to be surrounded um, by you, by others who have heart for you. And I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this community. We just want to see um, your glory poured out. We want to see, we want more of you. We want what you want today. And in in our lifetime, Lord, we want our lives to be completely yours. And so, Lord, we just say yes to you this morning. We open up our hearts to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss Anita, could you bring me that water there on the front? I feel like I said a lot in a short amount of time, and now my mouth is dry. Um, I want to read something to you guys. Um. There was, in the kind of turn of the century, as far as 1900, there was a, um, in Wales, what they called the Welsh Revival. And I want to read something that somebody wrote about the Welsh Revival. And uh, so it says this. It says, the visitation of the Holy Spirit was widespread in the country of Wales. The revival was felt everywhere. To quote an example at a smoke room conversion in Bangor University College, students gathered to discuss the topic of revival. So at this college, these students are saying, you know what, this is happening. Let's have a conversation about it. And then it says, the students stayed on in prayer, which cut into their lecture. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed a spot. It says, it wasn't long before one student broke out into, in song. So in the middle of them talking about it, this student just is feels this function to sing a song to worship begins to worship and then it says worship and then it says that the students stayed on in prayer which cut into their lecture it was commented by one who attended the meetings that the most extraordinary thing about the meetings I attended was the extent to which they were absolutely without human direction or leadership meaning this is that the Lord led the meeting it says we must it goes on to say, we must obey the Spirit, is the watchword of Evan Roberts, who was, the lead, who was really the guy who was the leader 
in the Welsh Revival. It says, it truly was a revival where God poured out his presence unilaterally and without focus on any man. It was a divine visitation in which God moves in answer to a praying people. Let me read that again. It says, it was a revival where God poured out his presence unilaterally and without focus on any man. It was a divine visitation in which God moves in answer to a praying people. So saying this is that there was a people that became benefactoraries, beneficiaries, I'll say it like that, of a people who were so hungry for the presence of God that they would pray and just say, God, come, God, come. And it affected a whole nation. And then, it, so it, let me give you a little bit more about what happens. It says, go back in time and imagine yourself arriving at the town, hoping to visit a revival meeting. An all too common scene is that of visitors being turned away at the guest houses near the site of revival meetings. Upon arriving at the meeting, you would barely have any standing space as the place is packed to the brim with people, hungry to receive from the Lord. It wouldn't be long before you hear pockets of saints lifting their voices in beautiful melodies. The sound of their voices would cascade across the room until the whole place would erupt in thunderous praise. Occasionally, one would stand to seek prayer for an unsaved loved one. The singing um, would turn into intercession as loud cries of mercy rise to heaven like incense. After a series of urgent prayers, the Spirit would lift the burden and the meeting would trans transit seamlessly into the next section as the invisible hand of the Almighty Conductor himself orchestrates and directs the order. Another would stand up to testify of the Lord's hand upon his life. Tears of joy and gratefulness would roll out uncontrollably as he speaks of his divine encounter. As the meeting once again is crowned by a symphony of praise, such was the account of God's move in Wales. I'm going to keep going. All over the country, testimonies of hardened souls receiving salvation and lives being changed were the talk of the town. The impact of the Lord's hand was noticed evidently in the lives of people. Stories of profanity silenced, theaters deserted, courts abandoned due to a lack of crime, and bars shutting down were commonplace. Entertainment such as football matches simply could not compete with the presence of his glorious visitation. Sales of beer and alcohol declined steeply while pocket testaments were snapped up like hot cross buns as people hunger for the bread of life and true living waters. A story was told of how the horses in the mines were confused because once they were driven by men with use of obscenity and kicks, but now there weren't any. The revival was so seized the nation that the Western Mail uh, in Cardiff published revival editions. How often does one see religious news take front page in a national and secular newspaper? In these editions, revival news superseded current affairs, and testimonies replaced tabloid, telling of how the Welsh were more interested in God and his kingdom than the affairs of this world. The back of the paper even contained a hymn and a summary of the number of conversions to date. Man, I believe that's the way the Lord wants to affect a region. And, and where, did, where did that start? It started from a people who just said, Lord, we want to gather around you. We want to come. And we, we know when you come what happens. We know that people's lives are saved and changed, that people are delivered. 
But the Lord is looking for those who would actually come. What does it say is that if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. I believe he's looking for a people who will say, Lord, I want to draw near. Amen. And so I believe with that is that I believe we have been mandated to be a people that pray. That we are called to be a people that are a people of the house of the Lord, which is a house of prayer. And for and what and what we want to commit to do as a staff and leadership here is to begin to teach on what prayer looks like. You know, last week I talked about the priesthood. We're gonna my my mom's actually next week she's teaching and she's gonna teach on prayer and the priesthood. It's gonna be amazing. Don't miss it. Bring somebody. Because I want to see a, a house of people that are committed to the presence of the Lord and to prayer and saying, like, Lord, we, you are everything to us. Every other part of ministry flows from that place. So you say, how do we reach the world? How, do we, how does the world see Jesus? Is that we seek him in a way where he comes and he is with us. You know what they would say about the Welsh Revival is that people would go and they would say, you know what? This is all I can say about that is the Lord is there. What if, what if it was said about the people of God in Hammond, Louisiana, Hammond, Ponchatoula, surrounding area, Louisiana, where they say, I don't know how to explain it, but all I know, the Lord is there. The Lord is there. you got to go see, you know. And so we know the Lord's everywhere, right? We know that. But I believe whenever he comes and he's in a place and you're like, he's here. He's here. He's here in power. He's here in majesty. Amen. And that's what I long for. And um, so that's the call. That's the call, all right? If you're wondering, what's the call? There's, you know, truth is, is that there are, there are multiple things that you are called to, but to be a person of relationship with the Lord, that's your highest calling. To be a son, to be a daughter, that's your highest calling. I want to um, now get into the message. I'm going to go quick and we're going to worship. There's a story of a guy named Gideon, and it goes like this. It says, the angel, of the, well, let me give you a little background. I'm bad about doing that. The nation of Israel was in a place where they were being oppressed by some people called the Midianites. And it was not just a, like, a little oppression. They were, like, really bothering the Israelites. They were oppressing them. They were in every part of their lives, stealing from them. They were taking all of their resources, all of their food. And so you can imagine if you were an Israelite, you'd probably be a little upset, right? And, but there was nobody who was stepping up and leading. All right, there, the, the, it says that the Israelites were hiding in caves in the mountains. And then this is the story of Gideon. In this time, the Lord would raise up people to deliver Israel. And it was Gideon's turn. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite. Man, that's hard to say. Um, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So here is Gideon. He is um, threshing wheat in the wine press so that he could hide. He was, he was in fear, hiding, trying to be, get away from the Midianites. There was nothing courageous about his life in this moment. Okay? And it goes on to say that when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, Gideon, again, is hiding. He's afraid. And some dude shows up and says, hey, man, mighty warrior. All right. And Gideon reply, um, it says, uh, this is what Gideon says. He says, pardon me, my Lord. Pardon me? 
Uh, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Gideon gets a little attitude. At this point, he doesn't know it's like the angel of the Lord. He knows this guy is somebody of authority, but he doesn't know this is the Lord. All right? So he has a little attitude. Pardon me, my, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? I believe that this is what the Lord is saying over us, that he's saying, Go in the strength you have, or say like this, Go in the strength I have given you. Some of you, you have strength and you didn't even know it was there. Some of you have called yourself one thing and discounted yourself when the Lord has already said, I have given you strength. There is strength in you. There is some, you know, if you say like this, if, if you saw yourself the way that God saw you, you would never want to be anybody else. Is that I believe the Lord wants to show you who you really are in him. You see, there's your version of you, and then there's God's version of you. And Gideon was living in his version of himself Subject to the circumstances of the day, which called for fear and hiding. But the Lord came and said, Gideon, you're not just hiding from the Midianites, you're hiding from who you really are. You're actually not responding to what I've actually called you. I think part of you has known that you're a mighty warrior, but you're hiding. And I believe for some of us today, the Lord's calling us out of hiding. He's calling us he's calling us. He's saying, hey, come on. Hey, you. Hear what I have to say about you. And then it goes on to say, um, um, somewhere, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And then again, he says, pardon me, my Lord. He's so polite. Um, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. I want to propose to us today is that the Lord has called us into something. And there's more to you than what you may think um, is there. Because a lot of times what we do is, you ever heard of self-confidence? It's not a bad thing. There's just a higher reality. It's, there's, see, there's self-confidence, and then there's confidence in the Lord. I'm not saying self-confidence is bad. It's just weaker. Right? And so the Lord has called you to have confidence in what? In what he says about you and what he's called you to. All right, let me, I want to read this to you. I told you I'm not going long, and I'm actually only got a couple more scriptures, and then we're going to worship and allow the Lord to do something else. But uh, Paul said this. Um, let me just read this whole thing. It's in 2 Timothy. If you have your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 6. Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. This is Paul. He's reminding Timothy of who he is. 
He's saying, Timothy, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to rekindle something. I'm here to tell you, don't stop. Don't, don't start doing things in your own strength. Don't start making this about what you can do. I want the, what the Lord has imparted to you and deposited, I want you to go after that. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. I, I believe for some of us, we need somebody to talk to us like this. Anybody, sometimes you need somebody to come to you and say, hey, hey, what are you doing? That's not who you are. This is who you are, right? Sometimes you need, you know, has anybody ever come to say, you know, I just want to encourage you, and then you, you leave the meeting and you're like, I feel, I don't feel encouraged, anybody? You're like, I know they meant well, but I kind of feel like I want to go and hide in a closet somewhere. And, um, you know, encouragement is this. Encouragement is to, incur- is to impart courage. That's what encouragement is. If, you, if you're going to encourage somebody and they don't leave more courageous than whenever y'all first started, you didn't encourage them. And the Lord wants to impart courage to you that says, this is who you are and this is what you're called to, where you're not guessing. The Lord doesn't want you going through life guessing, well, I think I'm this, but, you know, that's how I see people do that with um, like the personality tests are like, you know, I think I'm this, but I might be this, you know, so I don't know. My whole life is kind of hanging in the balance of this, of which way I'm going to go. It's a real thing. I'm, <laughs> you can laugh, but I'm serious. And, uh, but I believe that the Lord actually wants you to be confident in what he says about you. There is a confidence that comes from him as you are walking with him, hearing him, what he is saying about you and what he is saying for you. I remember when I was 17 and this prophet came to the church I was at, called me out and he told me my whole life and I was like, uh, as far as what I would do, and he said some things, I was like, this guy is crazy. He missed it. But then as I began to walk it out, I began to realize he's not crazy. He was, the, he was through his life, the Lord sharing with me what I was meant to do. And the Lord gave me a picture of this is who you are. And as I began to walk in it, what, the first thing I remember, you know, one of the things he told me, he said, you're going to plant churches. I was like, I don't want to plant churches. But the moment I planted a church, I said, I knew this. The Lord has called me to this because he told me when I was 17. And so I believe that when you're hearing the voice of the Lord, what he's doing, he might say something over your life that might be 10, 20 years in the, di- in, in, in the future. It might just be six minutes. I don't know. The timing doesn't matter. What matters is that when he says something, it's meant to be able to produce confidence that when you're walking in it, you know, this is exactly what he ordained for my life. It's like David, right? He gets anointed king. And guess what? He wasn't trying to self-fulfill a prophecy. He wasn't trying to say the, the Lord declared him king in that moment. And he was okay with the Lord working that out in his moment, in, in, in his time. But he was, I'm going to keep doing what the Lord has called me to in the moment until he brings me to that next thing. But my, my strength, the strength of my life is in him. The strength of my life is in communion with him. It's hearing his voice every day. This is what he's saying. This is what he's doing. This is what he says about me. Right? And I just believe today the Lord wants you to walk confident in who you are in him and what he's called you to do. Where you're not like one day thinking I might do this and the next day I'm not sure if I'm qualified. 
but where every day it's, I've, I've feasted on the bread of life. I know what the Lord says. When Jesus talked about that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every continual word of God, what he was saying, he, it was the continual word of God. It was the everyday word of God that I need to actually live a life of confidence in him. So let me keep reading this. Paul goes on to say, For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. So never be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor be embarrassed over my imprisonment, but overcome every evil by the revelation of the power of God. He gave us resurrection life and drew us to himself by his holy calling on our lives. You have been called. You have been called to be holy. You have been called to be a son or a daughter. You have been called. Your life moves at his call. And as you move at his call, the result is confidence in who you are and what you're doing. You see, Gideon was in a place where because he hadn't heard the voice of the Lord before, there was a contradiction to who he really was and what he was actually doing and being. But the moment that he began to hear the daily word of the Lord, hey, mighty man of valor, you mighty warrior, get up, deliver Israel from the Midianites. What did it do? It gave him identity and it gave him purpose. So the voice of the Lord wants to be active in your life to give you identity and purpose where you're not guessing who you are or what you're supposed to be doing, but it's releasing you confidently into who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. If money wasn't an obstacle and you could do anything, what would you do? If you're not doing that thing, fear has reduced you. Right? And so I believe the Lord wants to deliver us from fear. How? By his word. What has he said? What has he, he asked of you that you haven't done yet? What has he called you that you haven't believed yet? And so we do have this, you know, the truth is it's, it's all his work. We just say yes to it. We actually have to listen. As a parent, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than whenever I've told my kids something three times and then finally I have to get in their face and tell them. And they, I said, why didn't you do it the first time? I didn't hear you until now. I'm like, we were in the same room. <laughs> and so I believe like the Lord's like, I've been saying this and saying this. I just want you to lean in and listen. I just want you to hear me and say yes. And it will be life changing. It will produce confidence. We can say this, the opposite of confidence is fear. It's the, the uh, fear of what? Fear of failing, the fear of other people, right? The fear of you know, what, what is reducing you from who the Lord has called you to be and what he's called you to do? And um, he wants to give you confidence. Confidence is a result of hearing his word. Um, Paul goes on to say this. I'm going to skip down. Um, it goes and he, Paul says, and he, talking about himself, he says, and he has anointed me as his preacher. This is Paul. Paul was releasing confidence and releasing identity to Timothy. And he says, now let me show you how I, how I see myself and how I see the Lord. He says, and he, talking about the Lord has anointed me as his preacher. I'm his. He's anointed me. I'm, I'm not just preaching because I like it or because I have to. I am his preacher because he called me to it. 
I'm his. I'm not wondering. I just responded to the voice of the Lord. And then he says, I'm his apostle and his teacher of truth to the nations. Paul wasn't boasting. Paul was just saying, this is who the Lord made me to be, and it's just what I'm doing. I don't have to apologize to anybody. I can just love people and operate in confidence in what I'm called to. That's good, right? That's how you're meant to live. I don't want you to have to apologize for who you think you are or what you think you're supposed to be doing. I want you to know this is what the Lord said. And though maybe one day he's asking you one thing and tomorrow he's asking you another, it's okay because you're just doing what he told you to do. That's why Jesus was confident saying, hey, I'm the son of God. And as a son, I just do what the father's doing. He lived in this reality. He was confident. He wasn't held down by anybody else's expectations or afraid of what anybody else would think. Why? It's because he had the stamp of approval from the father and he just did what the father told him to do. What a life. That's the life you're called to. And you say, well, that just seems too simple. It's, it's, it's that simple. I I'm not telling you to go quit your day job unless the Lord does. But I'm saying we are actually called to live that life where at his word, we trust him to say, I'm going wherever he wants me to go. I'm doing whatever he wants me to do. I can trust that he wants good for my life. And he, because Jesus said, only the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you'd have life and life to the fullest. Right? So he's already declared, I'm, I feel good about you, and I am good towards you. I think we get in trouble when we try and ma manufacture it in our own strength. I know there are certain things in my life that I said, this could only be God's idea, because I didn't want to do it, and I didn't think it would be good for my life. Anybody ever, are you living in a reality that only God could have made up? Anybody? I know that's true for my life. I couldn't have thought about having an amazing wife like Austin or the amazing kids. I like, I didn't deserve that. I couldn't have, I, I feel like if it wasn't for the Lord, the only other possible thing that could have happened is I tricked her, you know? And it was the Lord's idea. I just said yes to him. I moved at his voice. And um, yeah, and he's good. And so this, and this, uh, this is what he goes on to say. He says, the confidence of my calling. Say, the confidence of my calling. All right, so he says, the confidence of my calling enables me to overcome every difficulty without shame. So you having a calling doesn't mean you, your life is absent of difficulty, but having confidence in your calling will help you overcome every difficulty. Anybody could use some of that, right? So the confidence in my calling enables me to overcome every difficulty without shame. That's a good word, too. Without shame. I don't have any shame. I ain't got nothing to apologize for. Difficulty happens, but I'm confident in my calling, and so I'm just staying right here. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on being who the Lord made me to be, and I don't have to apologize to none of you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Come on. The Lord doesn't want you to live with the fear of man, right? We fear the Lord, which is we trust him. We believe him, right? All right. Then he goes on to say, for I have, and this is the beautiful part. He says this. This is key. He says, for I have an intimate revelation of this God. You only get to know yourself and your calling as you develop intimacy with him, which means this. It means being a person of prayer, being a person of relationship, being someone who knows how to turn aside and say, Lord, actually, 
want to value, learn to value and hear your voice. I need to learn how to sit with you. I need to learn how to, how to feel you, how to be with you, how to ask of you, how to learn of you. And so what does that produce? It produces a confident calling that helps you overcome every difficulty. Because I guarantee you, as you begin to try, as you begin to step into who you really are and do what you're really called to, there will be so many things that are going to contradict that. that there's going to be every day there will be something that says, that's not you. That's not what you were for. And, um, and that's why you need the continual word of God where you have to go and sit in it. I, I Look, for me, if I can be honest, this last week for me was super busy. We have some, diff- I mean, we, I mean, the trivia night was good. But um, to be honest with you, it was just a moment of a week for me where it was busy and I didn't feel like I got to take the time to be with the Lord that I usually get to. And, uh, and I told Austin last night, I was like, I just feel tired. I feel, like, I feel like I've got to go sit with him and hear him. And so that's what I did. I went and sat with him. And I hear him. And, and know what, I do, what happens when I sit with him is I just hear him say, hey, this is who you are. This is how I feel about you, and this is what I've called you to. And guess what? I, I don't feel like, oh, I've got to do something. I've got to, I, it, it causes me to say, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. Everything's all right. The Father has spoken, you know? And, uh, and that's what happens in his presence. And that's what he wants to settle you into. Um, he goes on to say, And my faith in him convinces me that he is more than able to keep all that I've placed in his hands safe and secure until the fullness of his appearing. So he's saying, man, I'm confident in who he is, what he's called me to do. And as I just continue in this, I'm confident that everything that I've placed in his hands, he's going to keep it. My, my kids, my home, my job, all those things, I just place it in his hands. And I'm confident that it's secure in him. He's going to take care of it. Can you feel the peace that comes with that type of life? That's like, he's got it. He's got it. Amen. And then he says this, allow the healing words you've heard from, from me to live in you and make them a model for life as your faith and love for the anointed one grows even more. Guard well this incomparable treasure by the spirit of holiness living within you. So at the end, he's saying this, you've got to guard this way of life. You've got to guard this. He said, don't, you got, if you guard anything, guard this. Guard, guard his voice in your life. Guard the time to sit aside and say, Lord, I need you to declare over me who I am and what I'm meant to do because it's too easy to get off track. It's too easy to believe something else. Amen. I want to get the worship team to come up. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I want to do this. Why don't you put your hand on the shoulder of somebody next to you? If you're married, you can give them a little hug. If you're not married, but you like them and want to go on a date, I'm joking. (laughs) And I I want us, um, I want want you, we're going to, one, we're going to bless each other, but I just want you to declare over that person. um, I I want you to pray this, and you can even use your own words, but I want you to say, uh, to basically pray that they would have confidence from the Lord in who they are and what they are doing. 
So if you would, as the band begins to just play softly, I just want you to pray for those next to you. Pray that they would have identity in the Lord and in their calling. Jesus. Now, Lord, I just thank you in this moment. I ask that that for each person that they would hear your words over their life, that they would hear your words, what you say about them and what you have called them to, that there would be no, that there would be no question marks, that there would be no, like, am I this? Or has the Lord said this about me? But in this moment right now, Lord, I pray that you would speak over your people. Come on, just allow him to speak to your heart. Well, right now, we just release confidence in the room. We release courage in the room. I thank you, Lord, that's, that there are some people here today that are about to take a step towards the calling that you have set, what you have called them to and what you've called them to be. And I thank you, Lord, that you don't make mistakes. I thank you that it's not a insignificant call. It's not an insignificant thing, but it's a, it's a life that is significant and it's adventurous. The Lord speaks that over you. He's inviting you into a life of significance and a life of adventure where you know his voice and you walk with him. The Lord today, he says, I've called you. I've called you. I didn't miss you. I didn't leave you out. He says, come and sit with me. Come and hear what I'm saying. Come and let me impart courage today for you, for the season of life that you're in. So Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for courage today for courage in Jesus name we're going to end with a song I believe yeah singing about the goodness of God and I just want you as we're responding just to declare God's faithfulness over your life some of you I believe there's people in the room you're you, you've been worried about the next step you've been worried about what where do I go from here and the Lord I, I believe he's saying the first step is just to come and sit with me and hear me He'll lead you from there. He's a good leader. Amen. Hey, after we worship, band closes, there will be communion in the back. We love you guys. Have an amazing day. Let's worship together. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.